0: Hey, I'm recording a podcast over here. Welcome to Your Inner Child as an Idiot, the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they were any good. My name is DJ.
1: Hello, DJ. I am Damon.
0: I like to put um, random high notes in the introduction now.
1: It's so. it's the introductions you don't play. They say about podcasts.
0: <laughs> that's jazz, baby.
1: <laughs> Today, I learned that from Ryan Gosling.
0: <laughs> As everyone learned jazz from Ryan Gosling, uh, Sebs.
1: <laughs> you would never go by Seb.
0: Bastion.
1: Yeah, that's the name. gay version of Sebastian. You don't go by Seb because it just sounds like a guttural sound. Like you would, you would constantly think. That someone's saying your name when they're just sucking on a straw.
0: Apropos of not that, we're talking about <laughs> my cousin Vinny today. MCV to the, to the no one.
1: Oh, yeah. The kids love MCV.
0: You got your Joe Pesci's. You got your Marissa Tomei. You got your Ralph Macchio mm-hmm. post-karate kid.
1: Mm-hmm. You got mm-hmm. your
0: character actor guy who plays the lawyer that opposes him
1: uh lane smith i believe is the, the name you're looking for lane kiffin college football coach some of our favorites you also have austin pendleton you may remember him from the muppet movie no which guy is that he's the stuttering lawyer oh yeah character actor austin pendleton and let's not forget he's also in uh wasn't he in uh
0: short circuit he was the bad guy right
1: Oh, not the racist caricature, but the actual bad guy. He might have been insured. The bad
0: guy in the movie, not the bad guy in real life.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Fisher Stevens. We know you've apologized many times. (laughs) We're not going to let it go, though, because it's still out there. (laughs) I feel like I can't bring it up without mentioning (laughs) it. And let's not forget Herman Munster himself, Fred Gwynn.
0: Oh, okay. He's the judge. Yes. That's right. I knew there was something about the judge.
1: Something.
0: There's just something Something's about it. The... Of course, a, right here. A star-making vehicle for Marissa Tomei.
1: Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the differently named Mariska Hargitay. <laughs> okay. Who's that? She's on uh, Law & Order Sex okay. Stuff. <laughs> six Stuff? That was the original, the working title of SVU. L-N-O-S-S. O S S we okay. gotta change this name dick we can't just <laughs> D- we can't go with Excuse this me, mr name. wolf
0: is this what we're going with
1: <laughs> do you prefer dick or mr <laughs> wolf because they both seem aggressively sexual <laughs> mr dick actually okay. Mm,
0: okay okay so my cousin vinny this one's going to be one of the tough ones for me because i have seen this movie at least once a year my since it came out probably that's that's, that's probably an exaggeration but it's only slightly an exaggeration
1: I probably haven't seen this movie for 20 years. You haven't seen it at all. Since no, I have the seen it. Original. I have seen okay. it, but I have not seen it in 20 years. Uh it's okay. been a long time. For some reason, I do like this movie. I remember liking this movie. Um, and I believe I've looked up clips. Yeah. Clips. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. I, I don't I don't mean to call uh, you out, but that was that was a weird one. It was a wanna...
1: weird 49ers like type type <laughs> voice. Clips.
0: So, so,
1: when you said 20 <laughs> years ago. It was almost Bill Cosby-esque, one might say. <laughs> "Oh, let's not. Sorry, you gotta get out of here with Fisher Stevens, Mr. Cosby. Not that you're the same, Fisher. He's Jesus. just gotta take the same train back out of the podcast with you. Just. Don't, don't sit he's on just, the same
0: bench. He's just going the same direction. It has nothing to do with anything.
1: We're not lumping you together, except we are to get you out of the podcast. We're trying <laughs> only, to record.
0: Only logistically to just ship you away. Just go with Bill
1: Cosby. Just go with Bill Cosby.
0: Oof. so when you said 20 years ago my brain went no you've seen it since it came out as it, if it's to not say, even
1: 20 years old
0: as if to say this movie came out 20 years ago no damon no no, no. it's I younger
1: it's yet older than 20 years uh we're clo- old.
0: we're closer to 30 right because what was it 90
1: is it 92
0: i want to say 92 uh let's let's Ooh, right let's on go... the
1: money damon did you Good get a job it? I'm doing that old timey like oh, cheering yeah. thing over your yeah, shoulder hands over
0: the shoulder yeah, yeah. because of the 1990s. so it actually this is the this year is the 30th anniversary man we're just gonna in and in, uh, in March no less look at that we knew top. let's pretend like we knew that and planned it as such. Fisher Stevens said, actually,
1: before he left, that we should do this for <laughs> March. Thanks, uh, fish, not, for for March twenty twenty two, and he didn't say why. He just sort of winked at me. Yeah, and I said, "Will you please go with Mr. Cosby out of this podcast?" <laughs>
0: Appreciate you, fish,
1: <laughs> fish, seven fish,
0: Mr. Dick, fish, Bill. See, you I'm going to make
1: sure I sprinkle all the terrible things I've referenced. So that you can't, so that Edited Benny or you can't edit around it. <laughs> no it has to all be kept intact.
0: No one's editing their way out of this one. It's so, like a
1: flan, you can't just divide it up. You're going to have to serve it whole.
0: <laughs> I want you to know what this movie's about because I know there's a what Ralph Macchio plays, I'm going by memory here, uh, his nephew
1: i okay i was that was a I joke it's a joke so pedantic Damn. i wanted to like oh i think i've got him i think i got him
0: <laughs> okay he's falling into his, my trap it's uh, so uh ralph macchio and his friends are accused of a crime that they allegedly didn't commit let's we don't see how, know, how the trial right? plays
1: out before we i have a lot of faith in the justice system
0: let's just he see. has he has a a, a a lawyer in the family he calls <laughs> mm-hmm. his cousin Vinny. Which was the original title, and then they were like, "This is I mean, what
1: if we color? made it more personal?" Yeah, and to just have Ralph Macchio's character declaring the title.
0: <laughs> and uh, but he is he is he a lawyer? Because no, he's not, not really.
1: But he is right. He's
0: he's a lawyer. I does he he's is he actually a lawyer at all, or is he just like a?
1: He is a lawyer. He just has never not, done a trial before.
0: Right. Okay. So and he, he he
1: lies about his experience his that's trial experience okay. but he is a lawyer
0: but he's definitely not uh, experienced but brings he brings a little street smats. and uh, through the through the help of uh, some members of the community and uh, his his girlfriend played by Marissa Tomei.
1: some members of the community Times. what is a Sesame yeah. Street what well, are you talking about
0: there's there's a cast of characters who end up. Uh, well, you know, he calls them in as it's witnesses. It's not one of those
1: one-man shows where Joe Pesci plays all the characters. <laughs> it's no. a cast of characters.
0: I, I feel like I'm losing the thread, and this is—I'm not even trying to recap right now. I'm
1: just—I'm—I'm taking delight, uh, delightful <laughs> glee. Can you take delightful glee? Do you need to specify it's delightful? I don't know if you can
0: glee? take delightful glee <laughs> when you're the one who's derailing it.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're like
0: Mr. Mixiplix.
1: So when do y- <laughs> uh I semi I get that. I <laughs> so what so why do you watch this every year? Do you own it? It's do you not, not have it it's on not a doi, doi?
0: No, it's not a thing where I just pull it up on Doi, doi or on like a, you know, my my a archive streaming service. Streaming service. <laughs> it's it's more one of those movies that if it's on, I will watch the entire thing. Oh yeah, front to back and I think even one of those things where I might catch the tail end of it and go like, Well, I'm just gonna start this over because the it's TNT delightful. model. They're like, Don't think, worry,
1: it comes on right after it's don't over. Worry,
0: just we're just gonna repeat this for the rest of the day. We
1: know you're hung over and you woke up halfway through my cousin Vinny, so why not just watch the end and then watch the beginning again piece it together in your head.
0: I've seen it, I'll tell you this, I once a year may be an exaggeration, but I've seen it enough that I do not remember seeing it for the first time, if that makes sense. I don't I can't reflect on how i thought of it when in 1992 because i the the memory more recent memories of watching it have replaced it
1: that's an interesting way of thinking. i've never thought about that with movies that i've watched it so much that i can't remember the first time it's almost biblical it's that's how that's, <laughs> that's how, it's how memories work been, you rewrite it's always it every been, time every every it's been with me as long as i can remember. There was no beginning. There was no first time with me and Cousin Vinny. I always was watching my Cousin Vinny. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Do you remember seeing it like as a kid?
1: I remember uh, this would have been a rental for the Xanthopoulos family. Um, And uh, it also have a, my dad had a weird habit of when someone was very funny in a scene, usually an attractive woman, maybe a Marissa Tomei type. Mm. If she said something sassy and it tickled him, but he already wanted to sort of, like, go out to get something out of the kitchen and then come back and watch the rest of the movie. Uh, he would um, stand. He would stand up first and then wait for her to say her sassy line. And then he would sort of, like, hop run into the kitchen while going, whoo-hoo, like, because it's so tickled him uh, and sort of But he knows it's line. coming? Well, no, he could sense, like, from the momentum of the scene, like, okay, oh, I just right. want to see her, you know. Put, Put Joe them in, their place. in his place, yeah. and then he would just sort of hoot to himself, uh, so tickled that this this, this <laughs> That lady. is adorable. It is. It was very charming. At the time, I was like, where are you going? Why are you leaving the movie and hooting? Uh, but it is very Got charming. Got some
0: good and plenty in the kitchen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do have a very distinct memory, though, not of me watching it, but when I was in college, I was a resident assistant. I was terrible at it, which meant that my residents loved me. Um, (laughs) You want an open flame in your dorm room? Go (laughs) ahead. I don't see if I care. Just don't catch anything else on fire. That's the (laughs) important thing. If you can keep the fire contained, I don't have a problem with it. But there was a guy in uh, our dorm named Juan who, I don't know how he discovered my cousin Vinny, but one day he found it. (laughs) <laughs> and then for at least... Why are you
0: saying it like it's the Ark of the Covenant? Well, no.
1: <laughs> for the next, like, three weeks, every time I walked through the common area, he was in various stages of my cousin Vinny. <laughs> and I was like, are you watching it? Like, every day. And he's like, and laughing it as if it was just new to him. And uh, let every it wash day? over him. Every day. Planted in the couches. Not watching, surrounded any- by schoolwork, but, like, yeah. watching my cousin Vinny.
0: Was he watching it in pieces or just like every day he was watching it anew?
1: I think he would put it on. I think he was watching it anew. I think because our our college station, we didn't have, I think we didn't get HBO until my senior year, but they had a college movie station where they had like maybe four or five movies that they just played repeatedly throughout the month and then the month would come and it would switch over. Mm. So you could probably find if My Cousin Nindy was on that list- you probably could hit My Cousin Vinny
0: at some point every day. day.
1: And he was planted in the common room watching My Cousin Vinny to the point that it just became a joke that I'm like, oh, you're watching My Cousin Vinny again. Why wouldn't you be? You live here watching this movie. (laughs) Um, It was very charming. It was like weird. And then it was like, this is annoying. And then it became like almost ingrained into his personality. I'm like, Juan is watching My Cousin Vinny. Where else would he be? That's what Juan does. He watches this <laughs>
0: movie from 1992. This is also the movie where I found out what grits were for the first time.
1: What is a grit? It's
0: uh it's one of it's my favorite lines when, yeah. when it's said. Yeah. And uh and I didn't uh I wasn't like up on a lot of culinary things at this time being 10, but I remember being like,
1: "Huh. Now that's interesting."
0: Knowing like, "Hey, 10 years later, I'll probably live in the South and we'll encounter grits slightly more often.
1: Um, I think this movie would have also spoken to my family because we were also Northern transplants in the Mm. South. Mm -hmm. Um, So at some point in, and we moved there in 1990. So like just two years prior. So this would have come out when we were in Texas. That's these
0: grits we've been hearing all about.
1: When we when we arrived, uh, Dad would have probably had a very similar conversation to uh, what is a crit? And uh, then he m- watched that be mirrored by Joe Pesci later on. Isn't that you, amazing?
0: I, you and I quote this movie a lot, specifically <laughs> <laughs> the moment where he says, the two youths, the judge, he's trying to say the two youths, and he says, the two what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the
0: judge says it's very good and then he says it so like it's obvious what he's trying to say like oh I'm sorry the two youths it's a very good
1: I've also learned that this is a very accurate portrayal of a actual trial I've heard that. Uh, and that it is used in uh, law school often because it is a accurate portrayal of how a trial would proceed
0: should we bring uh in our uh, our resident lawyer for the second half of the show let's
1: bring him in we could yeah well, bring let's it to it Caleb. Get in here. Um, Get in here. You can hop on the train when Fisher Stevens and Bill Cosby get off. (laughs) Wait,
0: Just wait. You might want to wait.
1: Pick a different car.
0: Okay, so we're going to watch My Cousin Vinny.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait.
0: Watch along with us. We'll be right back. (laughs)
2: Ladies
0: and gentlemen of the jury, my client... Uh-huh. all he did was solicit your giving to his podcast and I for one think not only is that not illegal but in fact it should be encouraged mm. in fact I would say that any one of you could go to patreon.com slash your child is an idiot and give as well and you, you could scarcely be arrested for it <laughs>
1: Uh, The audience can't see this, but I'm playing the part of an old woman in the jury box sagely nodding (laughs) while I'm listening to you. That's right. Grits do take a long time. (laughs) Now that's interesting. Peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter, peanut butter. Patreon.com slash your inner child's an idiot.
0: Yeah. Will you please
1: Uh, recap uh,
0: my cousin Vinny. uh, The movie not i don't have not a the musical
1: uh, uh, there's a feeling i have in the back of my head oh there's that if it's not be. a musical someone's working on it
0: i feel like it's gotta be right <laughs> let's find out my cousin Vinny, the musical well it auto failed for me <laughs> <laughs> a new american musical adapted no. from the 1990 film
1: come on
0: the Gambini Way, that's one of the songs.
1: Is Too what one of the songs? I'll, I'm just going to listen.
0: listen to this real quick. Oh, no. Can you hear that?
1: Sort of. It's a like piano. Before I even learned to say my A through C, I'm told that I knew how to spell B-S. Yes, my nose fripple was notable. No loadable could get me
0: Gambini Way. Yeah. Did it open? <laughs> ah! Seems like it was written in 2020, so no, Ugh.
1: probably. Why? Okay, right. My facade might be a little slight.
0: Mm-hmm. Because I can't sweet. wait.
1: What? What's? But what's that going to rhyme with? That's my curiosity now. I'm a chihuahua with a bitchin' bite. Yeah. I feel like you know. You know that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you know the veracity of these claims.
0: <laughs> okay, well, that is more of a thing than I thought. Will you please recap this movie?
1: Two gentlemen from New York are driving cross-country. They're going New to- New York they're City? Gonna, Get uh, the room. <laughs> uh, let's not just kill people from, from because of states they're from. Yeah. Pace Picanti Sauce. Didn't know you were pro-murder. But I guess that's the marketing term you've, marketing choices you've made for your uh, (laughs) campaign Anyway, Anyway, they're going to uh, UCLA, so they wanted to drive cross-country because of the scenery. They stop at the sack of suds, pick up some items, and uh, Ralph Macchio sticks a can of tuna fish in his pocket because his hands are full. But wouldn't you know it, the teller there gets killed 20 minutes later um, and the Killers were driving a similar car. Mm. Um, Ralph Macchio and his friend are arrested. Ralph Macchio finds out he has a uh, lawyer in the family, the titular cousin Vinny. And uh, you know, we find out that uh, Vinny doesn't have much trial experience; mm. that he only none got his trial experience. None. Uh, put it as none. Uh, he uh, he only got his license six weeks ago. Took him uh, six tries to pass the bar. So uh, he's a little rough around the edges, uh, courtroom style. Gets on the judge's uh, bad side because he doesn't get dressed up properly. He doesn't seem to know any of the procedures. Uh, Still, in a it's recap. Just,
0: Still in a recap. You can sort of breeze past that probably. <laughs> wow.
1: <laughs> but yet I am charged with doing it. Um, anyway, I'm just, he wins I'm here you, Anyway, I'm, he wins the case. <laughs> Is that what you're looking for?
0: Yeah, I'm here to let you know when you're in the weeds, just like you do me. So, <laughs> Just might want to pull that ripcord.
1: par five to the act three. <laughs> he wins. Okay. He wow. wins with the help of his girlfriend who's been uh, wanting to help him this entire time, and he shows that he has the stuff even if he doesn't have the procedural knowledge. And that's mm. what we all learned along the way. He...
0: Very clearly picked, I mean, what did he pick up in law school?
1: That's actually one of my questions for our expert. Um, yeah, we do
0: have a, a law expert coming. That we just talked coming. to.
1: I don't know why I don't know the answer already.
0: <laughs> well, we can I, we can put it later in the episode. We'll we'll decide. But we have some law questions, and we have an expert coming in later. More importantly, you know what's really criminal? What? The little uh, micro crustache that uh, Ralph Macchio was rocking at the beginning of this movie.
1: It's in and out. It never uh it never stays around long. It's just like a ghost of a mustache. Is it there? Is it not it's like an optical illusion? Is it an old woman? Is it a young woman? Is it Ralph Macchio's upper lip? <laughs> Depends on
0: which way you look at it.
1: Yeah. So if flip the paper upside down, it's a weird kind of shadow that only lives on his lip, not on his his chin, just on the lip.
0: How how old are these gentlemen? These
1: they defendants. look in their twenties. Um
0: Based on Lost, Stan, Stan in,
1: Rothenstein's uh, beautiful pale skin, uh, I would say they're in their 20s. Ralph Macchio, though, is deceptively yes. young, as we remember in Karate Kid. He was 21 when recording, recording, when filming Karate Kid. So I can only assume here he's like 56. Yeah,
0: that sounds about right. I, yeah, I didn't, I know they're in, they're in undergraduate, right? Like we don't, or we don't know like exactly what they're studying or what they I
1: thought they were, might be an o- uh, overgraduate, as they call it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They, because they've been overschooled. <laughs> when they were driving, when they're still driving before they're arrested, the, the camera pans over their back seat and they have a college sweatshirt that, that says New York something or other, mm-hmm. maybe NYU. Um, so I wonder if they got their undergraduate and then they're going to UCLA going to, to get school. their grad, grad school degree. Overgraduate. Overgraduate degree.
0: So the guy who directed this directed um, Clue?
1: Jonathan Lynn. Yeah. Got sent. And he's british
0: and and uh there's something else too like he's uh whole nine yards Well, yeah, is probably one we should cover because i remember liking that and i was definitely an adult when it came out but i'm not sure that one's gonna hold up if i watch it again
1: well don't forget of course the sequel
0: whole, the ten, whole ten yards, yards. just so, not a phrase
1: so there you go oh he also directed the distinguished gentleman with uh eddie murphy so there's that. He directed yes. Nuns on the Run, which was another favorite of mine as a kid. Oh I'm yeah, t- I don't know that one. Uh, it's a British movie. It's it's a, it's Eric Idle okay. and Robbie Coltrane as two men running from the mob. So they get dressed as nuns. Stop me if you've heard this before. Running from the mob, disguised as nuns, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, you know they change some hearts along the way.
0: We uh, visited the, what's that, Abbey in the top of the Manhattan Island? Uh, what's that called? The cloister. And uh, they kept saying, Run by Nuns. And we were like, that would be a cool band name. Run by Nuns.
1: <laughs> it makes it seem like um, you might just be walking down the street, and all of a sudden, you know, someone like slaps you on the knuckles with a ruler. With a, just like a, or throws a rosary at the back of your head. <laughs>
0: Uh, Randy Edelman did the music for this. You may know him from The Chipmunk Adventure, doing music for that, Troop Beverly Hills, Twins, <sighs> Ghostbusters 2, Quick Change, Kindergarten Cop, Drop Dead Fred, just a murderer's row of of movies. sequels. <laughs> Beethoven, Last of the Mohicans, The Distinguished Gentleman.
1: See Jonathan Lennin, he Loyalty means something.
0: Angels in the Outfield, The Mask. We've seen him a lot. Billy Madison. We've heard him a lot. We've heard his work a lot. Gone fishing.
1: <laughs> now Gone I'm just fishing reading. with Joe Pish- Pesci. Another loyalty project. Friends, dear friends. You know how uh the soundtrack guy is always on set to make yeah. sure he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I can probably score this.
0: I got this. Keep Don't going.
1: Keep rolling because I can score this. He's just
0: got like a little Casio, so they they're in the moment. They can hear. I'm what thinking D flat. <laughs> this feels like D flat. Okay, so. Let's move on. There's actually a lot. This sounds like we're stalling. There actually is a lot to cover in this movie. (laughs) It does
1: does seem like we didn't do the reading. And we're just looking. (laughs) Webster's defines my cousin as... (laughs)
2: This is
0: what I used to do when I—I well, I literally had a teacher that would literally count the words to the you know five hundred word <laughs> essays we had to do mm-hmm. in the state of Alabama in the southern <laughs> region of the United States on the of continent America. of North of America and the continent of North America and the <laughs> on the planet Earth in the solar <laughs> Milky system, Way galaxy and the Milky Way galaxy the okay what it, what it,
1: what I like about it though is that your writing is very musical.
0: Yeah, ba, it's, ma,
1: ma, 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 ma. it's yes. like a waltz na, yeah. na, na.
0: it's like jazz you know
1: it's the words you're not saying
0: speaking of really getting to the meat of it have you ever had boiled peanuts
1: Ugh. yes my dad once went da- way down south he brought uh, boiled peanuts back he's like mm. I brought boiled peanuts and I looked in his hand and saw a moistened lunch bag <laughs> and I was like are they in another place rather than that moist bag, that wet sack you have in front of me? And he said no, unfortunately, and I ate some, and I love peanuts a lot. Mm-hmm. 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 I also love Reasonable. artichoke hearts, which is what they taste like, but I don't like hard, crunchy, semi-crunchy, I should say, artichoke hearts, which is what boiled peanuts taste like.
0: Somebody said they're like little... They're like little potatoes, and I—I I, that sort of sounded interesting. But what I had when I the one time I've tried boiled potatoes is the most northern thing I've ever said. Uh, was like if peas were worse, they're <laughs> like you know how peas are kind of disgusting uh, no, unless you get like but go sh- on. I like a I like a fresh you know snappy. You know pea or like a, a
1: you green know. pea but sometimes you get those cafeteria peas and they're i'm thinking green. that's
0: that's what i'm talking about those are the peas i grew up with that when you say peas that's what i'm thinking of something a british person would call a mushy pea
1: uh,
0: which you guys don't. had
1: an empire how what should we call this then i don't know mushy pea
0: there's actually quite a bit of food talk in this movie let's let's get let's get it out there um what are your feelings on grits
1: I am a staunchly pro-grit. Mm-hmm. Um, I do appreciate, one of my things that I like about this movie is as also, I mean, I only lived in Long Island for, Long Island. for, for eight years, but I do remember the fish-out-of-water feeling when I was eight and moved to Texas, and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with all you people? So I do appreciate that, and I do also appreciate that I think there is some making fun, but he does like grits. Like he does eventually yeah. come around on them. Yeah. Did you also catch him dip his corn in the beans at the barbecue place? Yeah. He took his corn on the cob and dipped it in the beans. Is that a thing?
0: I think he was just acting. Like that <laughs> I cuz I noticed that this time where I was like why would you do that? What it's is that?
1: Very odd it yeah, just seemed started, like he
0: needed something to do with his hands so I mean, he was acting. Right. You know?
1: Let me just do this. Yeah. Just grab the bread. Just use the bread and the beans. That makes somewhat sense. Anyway, uh, yeah, I do like grits. Um, I tend to put my egg yolks in them, which is not a popular oh. thing to do. But I do like, because I take my eggs over easy, I move the yolk. I eat all the white, take the yolk carefully. It's a very careful operation. Fork <laughs> and knife underneath. <laughs> you fucking Move psychopath. it over to the grits. Slice the yolk open. The yolk runs... Into the grits, mix it up.
0: It's delicious. Okay. All right, I'm not. I'm not against that. I'm not against. It.
1: No, I mean people are against it until they try it. I remember when we would go to uh, Sunday breakfast, which was at 1.30 in college, and I would always get grits with my meal. And I would do this, and my friend Doug, who's from Kentucky, was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Um, and then he came around. He's like, "Where this did is you great. learn this?" Uh, I remember as a kid when we moved to the south. My dad, my dad went full tilt. Southerner. Um, it was like there was a, a regionalism blend. Oh, yeah. you vacuum. You blend, Terry. <laughs> there was a regionalism vacuum, and he was like, I'm just going to take in all of this. Got to
0: assimilate.
1: And um, he got really into grits, and I remember being like, what are these? Uh, and I, I think I got them at Cracker Barrel as a side- when we were moving to the south, and mm. I had my eggs, and I was just like, "Well, what if I just move this yolk in there?" And that's mm. what when I got into it. And he's like, "So you I don't discovered think that?" You... No one yeah. showed that to. You. That's no, great. no, no one ever I, I've ever seen does that.
0: I never like I never had them grow growing up being more from the north, Uh and came down here and you, know, you hear. But I mean, I probably heard of them. This movie probably introduced me to the concept of grit, so I like knew what they were. But I, I feel like this was
1: Grits coming out party. This is when yeah. it was like, I'm going to make national news in my yeah. cousin Vinny. This is it. My agent got me a bit part. It's a small scene, but I mentioned later on as well. It's kind of like Hannibal Lecter, where <laughs> the Grits are only in a small part of the movie, right. but they sort of hover over yeah. the entire thing. It's, this
0: movie's about Grits. I think we can all agree. <laughs> also, learned that girl, uh, Grits means girls raised in the South.
1: <laughs> Ew, what? Is yeah. that true?
0: I mean, Who I said th- that
1: to you. Uh, a, a girl a, raised in the south, I assume.
0: A song called "Grits" uh, taught me that.
1: Is it about fucking girls from the south?
0: Probably. I only know the <laughs> I only know the chorus, which is
1: "Girls raised in the south." Wow, it's really operatic when you sing it. Yeah. Girls raised in the south.
0: Uh, you, there's a, a moment when I when I came down here had grits for the first time, and I was kind of like. eh. And then I had you know shrimp and grits. Now I'm like, okay, now I'm on board. And then there was a barbecue place which has since since gone away or at least closed the place that I the Virgin uh, the store that I used to go to. Um, the uh, buffalo grits. Now it does. I'm grits. Sure it's, yeah, it was just flavored. They had like buff, little tiny bits of buffalo chicken and it had like uh, like a buffalo flavor. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. And it might be a you know it's a bastardization. I'll I'll admit it, but I liked the sort of like making it uh more flavorful i like liked it I'm, I'm i mean they're just a starch grits.
1: they're hard to yeah, like really yeah. be completely put off by
0: yeah it's 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 good and it is i like it better when it's like a bed for something you know so i think the egg thing i, I could get behind it i'm saying i agree with you
1: thank you i also i like that barbecue scene as well although it's not as central to the thing the the best yeah. part of that grit scene though is when they pull the menu out and they look at it for a while, and they're just sort of
2: hemming and hawing. Breakfast, and
1: breakfast. You think, and then you see the menu. It's just breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Those are your options, and you get, I guess, whatever the fuck he makes for you.
2: Yeah,
0: I kind of like that. I kind of wish there were. I mean, there are. I guess still restaurants like that, but uh, I would like that.
1: I, I don't even know,
0: need to know if you think this because I just believe this to be true. Which is that the sort of real there's been a lot of regionalisms that we've lost over. The ensuing decades after this movie it's not all gone but there's still a lot there's a lot more difference between rural and urban than there is between south and north like there's still some differences but i think because because the internet because of uh the prevalence of of movies and tv there's just not as much difference like in terms of like Food and types of food. Like but you, I think they you just Nash. see
1: the, the growth of giant corporations. So you just tend yeah. to see the same fucking gas stations yeah. and restaurants everywhere. Uh, no, I think you're right. I mean, there was part of me that's like, are they over-southing the South here, or is this actually maybe what rural South really looked like um, in in 1992?
0: Well, they don't. I have really- been to
1: parts of the South though where I'm like, we can't stop here we need to keep going. We're yeah, too well, gay is, to be here.
0: Yeah. And that is also like a very small town vibe right. too, which is a different thing than like coming to Nashville or Memphis or whatever, where it's sure. like, it's different, but it's also like, this is still a big city. You can go to a grocery store if you want, you know, where there's like small towns still, um, uh, where you're like, I, I, there is nowhere to stop. Like there's, I gotta go.
1: we got to stop in the sack of suds.
0: We got to stop in the sack of suds and put a, can of tuna in your pocket?
1: Oh, and I also want to say to Marissa Tomei, uh, as a northern transplant to the south, yes, the Chinese food is terrible.
0: <laughs> How did you feel about the? There's a pretty lengthy prison rape joke bit,
1: uh, which I had yeah, forgotten I mean, about. Yeah, it's not it's, the, it's, the high it's, point it's, of the movie.
0: Yeah, it's played like an Abbott and Costello bit because both there's there's two things that happen where uh, so. As you mentioned in the recap, Ralph Macchio like sticks a a can of tuna in his pocket. He forgets about it, so when he gets pulled over, he he had realized that he had that can in there. So he's like, "Okay, sorry, officer, but this is no big deal." That like Mm -hmm. the the first you know whatever ten minutes of them being arrested, he's like, "I did it. I'm sorry. You don't need you know. I'll waive my rights." But and of course, the cop is incredulous. It's a very you know, it's it's not that funny, but it's like kind of a silly misunderstanding and then when they get into the uh the cell he's uh Machio's called his cousin vinny and the other guy what's the stan stan, stan doesn't realize he's worried about getting
1: raped in prison yeah
0: yeah gay being prison. A som-
1: being a guy named bubba's sex sexually
0: assaulted yeah and so when vinny shows up and he's like all right let's do this
1: right because vinny arrives and ralph Machio is asleep and yeah. so Stan doesn't know who Vinny is. And uh, Vinny doesn't explain who he is. He's just like, I asked where the new guys were, and they took me here. And Right. It, uh, there was part of me, uh, I mean, of course, like a prison rape joke is exhausting at this point in my life. Yep. But there was an appreciation. This was still fresh then. There was an appreciation was for new. how long it goes on without anyone realizing what the other person is talking about. Because uh, it does work pretty well in that they are both talking about two different things. Vinny, of course, is talking about the trial, and Stan thinks he's about to be raped by, you know, the head prisoner, I guess, or whatever (laughs) you'd call him. And he's like, I didn't come here to get jerked around, says Vinny, because uh, Stan's being so weird. That one made me laugh out loud, even though I'm ashamed of it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to, uh, in this post, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry world. It's (laughs) hard to really enjoy a, a gay panic joke.
0: He does call uh, when Machio wakes up. He does call him Vinny Bag of Donuts, which, which
1: a like fun that. nickname. But I'm like, wait, what happened with the Bag of Donuts? Why are you calling it
0: that? <laughs> I guess that's just a thing. I only knew from there's a uh, Mike Birbigli a bit where he talks about Joey Bag of Donuts. Um, so I thought that was like a bit, but apparently this is predates
1: uh, Mike. You've got you've got something to answer for,
0: <laughs> Mercitome. Tomei. Just. Lighten up the screen.
1: It is true; she is uh, fantastic. Uh, my brother has a lifelong grudge against her for winning the Oscar. Jason, against... let
0: me be the first to say this: get over it.
1: <laughs> she was up against Joan Plowright and Miranda Richardson, and you can't just make Judy up Davis actress names. And other—I didn't. I can't. Remember. Oh, Vanessa Redgrave, also known as other other Redgrave,
0: uh, Evelyn Metastati.
1: <laughs> She's good. She's great. But Gloria. you know she divides. She divides the academy, and she's just.
0: Gloria Glorison.
1: Win. Well, she would go on to win three years later. They would. Mm-hmm. They. Well, this was that was her breakout role that you're referring to that she was nominated for in uh-huh, 1993. Uh-huh. But in in uh, 1995, she wins for All Quiet on the Eastern Front, the long delayed <laughs> sequel.
0: <laughs> Paula Priscilla, Fhton.
1: Paula Priscillaton of the of the uh, Cambridge Priscillatons. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh, yeah, she's good. She, I mean, I, I thought she was phoning it in in that role. Um, so that's just me. In M- mute, my love.
0: I'm gonna say something that's probably gonna is probably gonna just throw you for a loop. Please, revolutionary. Marissa Tomei is um, she's a good looking lady
1: yeah she is symmetrical uh all her facial parts are where you'd expect them to be that's yes. what i like mm-hmm. about her mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but not only the only things i like about her i like her symmetry sure but outfits. she's very smart and uh she's got some garish outfits which i always appreciate she has very teased hair another mm-hmm. appreciative thing she's
0: got the streaks of gray
1: yep she does have that mm-hmm. one skunk spot in the back
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: but I want to say, like, Marissa Tomei, like, suffered a lot for winning her Oscar so young. Like, she, her career, like, kind of took a nosedive for 10 years until it sort of bounced back afterwards. And now, you know, she's in Spider-Man.
0: So, wait, so uh, I guess I, I'm not familiar with what happened after this, after she won the Oscar for this movie. She, people
1: didn't think she deserved it, because this was like her really breakout role. This people is just a comedy
0: like wanna, thing. because like,
1: People get angry about things.
0: Yeah, and she is, I mean, like, it was I Best I think actress. also,
1: it looks like when we looked up who she was up against, what it looks like to me is that all these, like, big stage actresses and big names probably all split the fucking vote, and Marissa Tomei got it.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'm not familiar with any of the other performances. Mm -hmm. I think this performance is Oscar-worthy. Oh, I think she does a
1: great job. She's fantastic in this.
0: This is a, I mean, like... Not to mention it's it's
1: the movie that survived. All the other movies I named that John Plowright and Miranda Richardson is. I'm like, I've never heard of any of these. And Judy Davis was nominated for Husbands and Wives. Woody Allen.
0: Yeah. Like, she... To say that she carries this movie sounds like nobody else is doing anything and that's not true of this movie but like she is a really bright spot in this movie like she's very funny in a funny and already funny cast like um in a funny fish out of water story she is like even more of a fish out of water than she's
1: the fishiest out of yeah. the water
0: and yeah and yet she also like she i don't know it's for a uh she doesn't play like the damsel in distress you know what i mean she's very smart she's very like you can see why she and Vinnie love each other. You know, they like have a they have a very you know, you got
1: mixed it. attractiveness relationship. Is that what you're no, looking for? No. May December relationship. You're saying, they, but they have a good repartee. I'm saying
0: each they other. they have a very like uh, like they're always at each other's throats. They're always right. bickering. They're but always, like in a
1: playful way.
0: But they but it's like yeah, it's it's pretty loving. They do and eventually you know they have a conflict and it's kind of runs the the third act, but like it's, you can, I don't know, sometimes, especially in something like this, where you've got Joe Pesci, who looks like Joe Pesci, and then you've got Marissa Tomei, like 30 years younger, who looks like (laughs) Marissa Tomei. Right. I actually kind of buy it in this. Maybe that's, you know, Wish Fulfillment, who looks way more like Joe Pesci than somebody who should be with Marissa (laughs) Tomei. But like, but I kind of buy it because it's You're somebody's
1: cousin. So I gotta say at the very least, someone can say my cousin. Your name. D J. What was that name again? No, I think I... I, My biggest fear, like, going back to this, was that I'd be really bothered by their relationship. And there is a little bit of, like, hey, lady, what are you doing with this uh, frogman? And I think in a lesser writer's hands and in a lesser actor's hands, she would, like, have that sort of like King of Queens vibe where it's like, what are you yeah. doing? What is this? Yeah, And I think that that she could have possibly, like in a lesser movie, like fallen into the nagging girlfriend role. And I don't think the movie, the movie is very much on her side, which I appreciate. Yeah, She is like sort of ragging on him, but it's completely understandable. I think one of the cleverer things that this movie does very quietly is that it shows how fucking bored she is. Yeah. Like every time we see her, the first time we see them in the first hotel, she's playing solitaire. then the next time we see that she has all these people magazines that are lying around the hotel room because she has nothing else to fucking do and then eventually she starts reading his law books because she's bored out of her mind because uh there's nothing to do in these small towns and he refuses to let her help him yeah so she just starts finding stuff to do she has her little camera everywhere taking photos um it's very charming and there's a very cute scene like where they're you know um I think it's to exemplify his argumentative nature that sort of drove him into getting his uh, law degree. Um, so there's a cute scene where where they're arguing about you know a leaky faucet, and he's asking her if she had turned on off the faucet or not, and they sort of play off each other, and it's very cute, and it's funny, and it's also a little sexy. And it's very charming scene. It also um, like
0: sets up the. The end of the movie, very Right, Exactly, how yeah. they,
1: their rhythm when they argue with each yeah. other. It's very cute. Um, yeah, I buy into it a little bit. They have some chemistry, even though they do seem particularly mismatched. I do get the vibe, though, from the movie. I've never had this. The only time I've had this before was when I watched As Good As It Gets with Jack Nicholson, where if you just sort of pay attention to the writing of this movie, I'm like, do you mean to hire... A thirty-year-old man to play Joe Pesci's part, and Joe Pesci said yes. And you're like, let's just go with Joe Pesci. He's already won an Oscar. Let's do this, because the because the vibe of there's never it's never addressed that he's an older man, and this might just yeah. be Hollywood. It's never addressed that he's an older man, and I just get the vibe that he's supposed to be playing a very young man, but he is. But they got Joe Pesci instead. Oscar went to Joe Pesci.
0: Yeah, if if they hadn't, um, if if it weren't kind of clear that he's 27 years older than her. <laughs> I would have I would have thought they were like high school sweethearts. They right. were at least a couple years apart at most. Yeah. Just he was the a vibe. Senior.
1: She was a freshman and he yeah. was a senior, senior 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 a 17 year senior.
0: <laughs> she was a freshman he was a senior citizen.
1: <laughs> uh, can I also bring up something else in relation yeah. to Joe Pesci's age? Please. Something I noticed this time and and then I, once I saw it I could not not see it. I think Joe Pesci got a facelift before this movie. Mm. His wrinkles, his eye, like the uh, lines around his eyes, all go sort of up. (laughs) And whenever he's sort of looking down, you see like the skin is uh, not hanging in a natural way. Mm. It's sort of, "Mm." And I'm wondering if, I'm assuming what he has on is a wig. Right. Because he is... Bald, even by I mean fucking Home Alone, which was the year before. He is bald in that movie. I want you to know, next time you watch uh, my cousin Vinny, just keep an eye out for the the lines around his eyes and how his neck moves. In, Once uh, again,
0: face shaming. I'm just. I won't a, stand I'm just for. It. I won't stand. I'm just
1: a man it. watching a movie.
0: There's a really great scene right before the the arguing foreplay thing where they're in a bar. So she's trying <laughs> to like she's. I, I think uh, part of, partly because you as you mentioned she's bored and also she needs they need money because they don't have any money which also would make more sense if he was younger because it's like i mean even if you're well, i don't know what else he was doing for a living but even if he was a mechanic or whatever like
1: it seems like he was a mechanic
0: yeah with her you would you would like you know have some like money to go a, on a trip for a few weeks you know like um right but uh but especially
1: uh, the way my mechanic charges me huh. yeah am i right uh
0: gobblerator more like a see you later no okay you no know, that's all right okay I, all right, I read that i read I that on a now and later um so <laughs> the, there's a scene in the bar so she tried to hustle somebody and they, they for bail money yeah for bail money and yeah oh yeah because he keeps getting thrown in that's why you're right because he keeps getting thrown in uh in jail contempt for contempt question for our law professor later um but there's a uh, it's the guy that uh, is the first manager of the band in That Thing You Do. I can't remember the actor's name, but he's the, <laughs> bar, th- but the bar lunkhead. Yeah. And there's a great scene because he's very clearly dumb. And you also <laughs> see it's a good example of, of um, Vinny's arguing skills and also his kind of toughness because yeah. he's like, how about you give me the money or I'll kick your ass? You know, like, <laughs> but it's very, it's very good because the guy's like, well, no. I don't like that. <laughs>
1: yeah, he argues with him, which is, uh, the actor's name is Chris Ellis, and he's playing Thank JT you. in this. Uh, yeah, it is a really good scene, I think because at that point you haven't seen seen Vinny in any sort of, uh, why does he want to be a lawyer? Why is this his thing? And it's uh, it's a good moment where, oh, he actually is kind of good at breaking down an argument. He's just literally not good at the procedural stuff. Uh, yeah of law
0: when i think we can learn th- I anything mean, we'll i feel like more-
1: wearing a suit seems obvious you know
0: yeah i i don't know where that comes in the in the training i mean it <laughs> seems like the first thing if you picture a lawyer <laughs> do that <laughs> i think we all know that the main thing about practicing law in real life is it's mostly about just generally liking arguing and it's not about being very <laughs> meticulous about specific details
1: <laughs> and paperwork. Uh, right. I, um, I did like the, I, I like the, I love a running gag. And so I do like the, I have, I always forget that this, this, uh, joke, this JT, like with the yeah. $200 is in there, but it is nice. Like it's always like a nice little rest stop throughout the movie that, Oh, here's JT again about the money. Um, I really like it and then it ends with uh, he finally gets the $200 he and an he just knocks him out in one He has a Super he does a Mario Superman, jump yeah, <laughs> into his face um knocks him out in one punch and takes the money.
0: It very much reminds me of the pre-mushroom Super Mario jumping <laughs> and, and punching. Boing. Um it's very good.
1: Uh, that also has a very good scene because uh, we learn from uh, the defendant's talking to uh, Joe Pesci about his uh, trial experience that he had never been in a trial and he had previously sort of done uh, probably pleas. I'm am assuming he pled things down before a trial, um, and right. that it was mostly personal injury stuff. And he see while he's at the bar, he sees a guy in a neck brace, and he's like, "You get rear-ended?" He's like, "Nah, I fail." I was like, oh. And then he keeps talking to JT. And then right before he leaves the bar, he's like, did you fall at your place or somebody else? (laughs) And he's like, my place? And he's like, shit. And then just (laughs) walks away. Made me laugh. I also like that scene because it has a record scratch.
0: Uh Yeah. It's one of
1: those tropes that uh, was exhausting at first. And now I feel like it's like Sideshow Bob and the Rakes, where after a while, it just is great again. Just bring me a record scratch every time.
0: Oh yeah, so when they're at one of the hotels, I can't remember. I think it was the train, the first one where <laughs> where like, or no, the second the second hotel. There's a train that comes early in the morning, and, and he <laughs> goes downstairs to talk to the the clerk, and just the way he rings the bell, just ding ding
1: just ding, ding, it. ding ding
0: ding, ding. It was very funny.
1: And that also has a very another sort of Abbott and Costello joke where uh, he asks him, he's like. Is Is it common for that train? Is it normal for that train to come by uh, at five in the morning? He's like, no, sir. It's very unusual. Um, And then the next day, of course, it comes by again. And he goes, you told me that that wasn't normal. He's like, yeah. Usually it comes 10 after four, (laughs) Uh, which is a very stupid joke. It's very vaudeville. Yeah, (laughs) it's good.
0: The way that um, the the next place they stay is uh, the other attorney, the prosecutor's uh, barn, hunting barn smith um, and they are awakened. They're, they're woken by a screech owl <laughs> pretty adorable Great job oh,
1: myself. very it looks like a little just like a pug uh, with feathers, and it's up on that tree and so small, makes the most god awful so- sound I've ever heard in my life. But it is very cute. And is not bothered by the fact that no. Joe Pesci just fired a gun into the blindly into the woods. <laughs> the way that wearing he, not but a leather jacket, Air Jordan's, and ne- his briefs. That's it. Just firing a he gun. Just into fires the woods.
0: as he comes out. Just <laughs> pow 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 I really love that bit. The, both, both the way that he fires both, like, the way that he he fires and the way he comes out, the way he's dressed. And then when he goes back in, he's, like, kind of proud of himself. Mm-hmm. And then the screech owl immediately makes the sound, like, the, the screech owl's reaction, which is very good comic timing. Oh, yeah, and he then, just
1: looks over his shoulder yeah. <laughs> and then screeches again.
0: And then it screeches again, and you, instead of doing anything, he just slowly closes the door. I just, it's a good... <laughs> It's a good bit.
1: And it's all one shot, which I also appreciate.
0: I mean, you love
1: a tracking shot. I always say that about you. You know, I also noticed, uh, speaking of shots, there are a lot of Dutch angles in this movie. Do You catch that? Mm-mm. A lot of shots where it's just slightly askew um, mm. to make you uh, uncomfortable. When's it's that? It's an odd choice. Well, uh, when uh, Mr. Gambini has fallen asleep uh, in trial, mm. um, Fred Gwynn's character, the judge, Judge Halla, he uh, leans over the bench and the camera is like, again, slightly askew. And he goes, Mr. Gambini. We also get it, I think, when they first arrive in prison, which makes a little bit more sense that it's slightly askew. Um, Mm. As, as, of course, Stan is worried about getting um, ass raped by a gentleman named Bubba, a hypothetical man named Bubba. We also get Mm. another one when the sheriff is interviewing Ralph Macchio about, and did you tell your friend? Oh, he wasn't part of this. And he starts writing it down. Aiden and abedding. Uh That's all uh, in a weird Dutch angle where mm. just uh, looking at the guy. I f- I feel like it tends to use it with authority figures in this movie, but it popped mm. up so frequently um, that it felt like I was watching Kenneth Branagh's Thor movie.
0: I didn't know it. I didn't know. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Why. I, I don't know why I said it that way. I didn't notice and therefore, it must have been effective. Cause it just
1: Were you uncomfortable at any point during this, the the course of the movie?
0: Damon, I was born uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> Where are we all? It's so cold here.
0: There's also a moment uh, when so in the hunting lodge they decide they've had enough of this owl, so they take the car out in the yard <laughs> and they park, and of course it, it rains like crazy and they get stuck in the mud and then
1: The Alabama mud.
0: He gets mud all over his suit because he pulls it out. And then when they get back to town, she says, you take a fucking shower, I'll get your fucking suit. (laughs) That's
1: good. I had forgotten the F-bomb is used so uh, liberally here. For some reason, I got in my head that this is a PG-13 Pesci joint. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. But those are few and far between for Joe Pesci. Uh, I I do like a good F-bomb peppered... uh,
0: This is a hard R.
1: Oh, hard R.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You saw that screech owl. It knows what it
1: was doing. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about Lane Smith because I feel like we could go on about Fred Gwynn forever, and that's what yeah. we should do. Uh, Lane Smith died in 2010. Character actor, we remember him, you and I, from Son in Law, but you'll mm-hmm. also remember him from Jonathan Lynn's other movie, The Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy. Clue. Oh. <laughs> he, played he played Christopher Lloyd in he played The Billiard Room. A lot of people <laughs> didn't realize. He's very recognizable. Lane Smith he always as- usually plays. Uh, These sort of conservative-ish, but like good old boys. I think he's actually Southern. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What I like about him in this role, both him and the sheriff, I feel like, again, in a lesser movie would be like villains or corrupt or something. They're both like doing their jobs competently. Yeah. And they're nice enough gentlemen. They just aren't on Cousin Vinny's side of this trial. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they're portrayed, or at least Lane Smith is portrayed as, as the opposition, but not an enemy, not a villain in this movie, um, which I found really charming. And I think as if, one if, if we haven't already with Caleb, we will talk with Caleb, uh, about, uh, I mean, that's, I think that's somewhat realistic. Like they understand that their roles are just, you know, to either defend the state or to defend these, the, the accused. That's yeah. our job.
0: Yeah. Well, and even the the sheriff is more adversarial in the beginning when he's arresting the guys.
1: When he thinks they're murderers, which is but understandable. He, he,
0: it's all evidence pointing to them being murderers in this tiny town, which he, they probably don't see a lot of murders. And then, but, of course, as the trial goes on, like, he... Like,
1: he sort of disappears for the most, which is understandable. Yeah, it's fine, if, yeah. I've watched Law & Order. I know that they're only in the first half of the story. They're not in the, the order half. They're always in the law half. So, I actually want
0: to ask that too. Is it like is it normal for like a sheriff to be in the courtroom sitting? Yeah, at the he's sitting table?
1: not just in the courtroom, but like sitting at the same table yeah. with the DA, which is which which I did find odd. I mean, that also speaks to you know the chumminess of you know prosecutors and cops, which can sometimes be problematic in, in our order and justice, law, as we call it, as we all say. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. You I'm probably ready. play that on uh, your loot there. Your little liar that you keep. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to say that I like that that Lane that this is a smart enough movie to like Yeah treat us with some intelligence about the the DA.
0: Although we do so we get when Vinny kind of Boots the first part of it, like blows the first part of the trial. Stan gets his own lawyer. He gets the public defender. <laughs> and that guy is uh, uh,
1: Austin Pendleton.
0: We decide to yeah, make fun of his stutter a little bit, a little bit too much for my comfort. Um, I remember thinking that was funnier than I do now. Back in the day.
1: Right. I think he's (laughs) supposed to be portrayed not... Because when he talks to Stan, he doesn't... Yeah, he doesn't have a stutter. It's when he gets up on the jury. He starts sweating profusely, which I noticed this time on my HDTV, and stuttering, which... Yeah, you probably shouldn't make fun of people who stutter. But he does he does seem to be having trouble getting the words out. And at one point he grabs a juror's shoulder because he can't say convenience store. <laughs> no, he's getting that. stuck on the C of convenience store. And the juror is just like so uncomfortable with this man grabbing his shoulder like leaning, full on leaning on this man's shoulder. He starts to look like that one puppet of Jeff, Jeff Dunham, that one grumpy old man yeah. puppet. Uh, which I appreciate. He sort of folds his face in because he's so uncomfortable. Made me laugh. Shouldn't laugh at people with speech impediments, but you should laugh at people who are nervous. It puts them at ease, because they're like, ah, you know what? I'm making people laugh. Maybe I'm doing this uh, defending a man who's been wrongfully accused of murder thing correctly. He, he also I'm getting does better, like, says Austin Pendleton. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I, I, like, I wish that
0: I could laugh at it more, because I do think it's kind of messed up. Well, now that I they think about it cuz people do struggle with stuttering and it's not funny but the the comic parts of it beyond the stuttering are very funny he gives a little a little wave after <laughs> like towards the as he walks back
1: yeah. to the
0: to the defense and I mean I feel
1: like it's one and the same with the um Again, another thing that you shouldn't make fun of, but in Princess Bride, when you have this very stately bishop at the wedding, he turns around, he looks very regal, he's all frocked up, and of course then he you know, has yes, marriage, and he yeah. has this very nasally um, speech impediment. Um, so it has that same vibe of like, let me present myself as completely competent and then show myself to be uh, unconvincing as a trial attorney, perhaps.
0: The guy also has a great because he's also he is in, incompetent. Like he doesn't just show he isn't just nervous. Right, he's it's not just because bad.
1: he's a stutterer. He is yeah. he is not necessarily because his opening argument is one sentence long. Yeah. Um. And and uh, Stan is like, is that it? That's all you're gonna say? And he's like, uh, what about all those things we talked about?
0: <sighs> I got. Ner- he's like, I get nervous.
1: <laughs> I get nervous. I'm getting better.
0: And then the, he also when <laughs> the guy. Talks about his glasses, and he's like, "No," and then he goes, "No more questions!" <laughs> like
1: really accusatorily. Uh, yeah, that when he great. reveals that they were reading glasses, so he wouldn't have to wear them to identify yeah. the uh, the defendants. No more questions. That's Your prescription good. glasses, and he's so pleased with himself. He's like, "I got him on these reading glasses thing." Uh, Also, uh, I feel like, uh, not to bounce around back to Lane Smith, Lane Smith is very showboaty, which I appreciated. We see him both in conversation with Joe Pesci in his offices, and he's just very conversational, good old boy. And then uh, we see him on the trial, and he's very uh, into using his hands. What I say don't, what I think don't matter. It's about you, what you think. I'm just Uh, a
0: simple caveman. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then he, uh, well, hello, Caleb. Oh, no, he's frozen. How are you?
2: We were talking about Lane
1: Smith's uh, opening statements.
2: They're, everything about him is wonderful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he does, uh, he, my favorite part that I always think of whenever I see the word identical is A-denical. identical. The hands, the, because, I mean, he's just a small town, Alabama County DA, but, I mean, I feel like he does a good job of, like, relating to to the jury and, like, really, like, making extreme eye contact and deranged uh, motions that will help them remember things. Also, uh, there was a, a cine- uh, cinematography joke that I appreciated. Uh As cinematographer, He goes, now, that word comes from England. And all our little ancestors. And the camera deliberately cuts, I would say, to a black woman in the jury, and I giggle a little bit.
0: She's because just kind of like... like.
1: <laughs> we don't all have the same ancestors, Lane.
0: Uh, do you want... Should we uh, cut to our friend, our
1: guest? Yeah. Okay. <gasps> Puppies in the background. That's Mara. Arr.
2: She's huge.
1: She, she is big. big. She you looks joking? smaller in, in your Instagram for some reason, and this time just looks like no. an Irish wolfhound just stalking the background.
2: She or just weighed maybe. in at 10, 106 at her Whoa. last. Whoa! Oh wow,
1: that is yeah. a big dog.
2: She's the smallest of her litter. All her brothers are like one fifteen, one twenty five.
1: What is uh, what? What is she?
2: Uh, mostly Great Pyrenees with a oh, yeah. whole bunch of everything else. Just mixed keep it all in here. Yeah. Some, some of her littermates, the, the owners did, like, the DNA testing, and they yeah. it was, like, 15 different breeds.
1: Right. But, Yikes. yeah, DJ, if we want to do the, well, let's do the expert part, and we can come back and talk about Fr- Fred Gwynn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like oh. this movie so much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. I get getting the vibe that we both also
2: like this movie so much. Yeah. I don't want to spoil it. I don't
1: want to say.
2: I thought a lot of it was going to be real stupid, and it. Kinda of wasn't have you never is this, seen this your before? first time watching it? Yeah, I've never seen it. I've definitely seen clips of it. I've seen the the I've seen like the finale clip where Marissa mm, Tomei does right. the whole expert yeah. thing, but I've never seen the whole movie.
1: It's uh it's an enjoyable watch. So
0: yeah. This movie is dealing with uh the law, which neither of us are expert in experts in. I can't even speak. That's how much how, little, how of little of an you expert know about I the am. law. Uh, so we thought we'd bring in an expert. Mr. Caleb Money, how are you?
2: I'm great. I'm so happy to be back on the show.
1: Thank you for for being here. Uh, You know, we got you out of stasis after watching The Santa Claus, and now you're back to talk about My Cousin Vinny, the two Mm -hmm. greatest legal movies
2: of all time. It's great to be on Frozen. uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) We thought thought this one would actually be good because, as I understand it, this is actually somewhat accurate as opposed to – not that we were – asking about accuracy and the santa claus but it was more just no a that's
1: accurate of too mythical beings that live in the north <laughs> Pole and the contracts that they sign by murdering their predecessors that's pretty accurate too it's pretty
2: standard
0: yeah. but we also just learned that you you hadn't seen this before you've never seen this before. i
1: hadn't no i watched
2: it this morning for the first time
0: did you have any experience with it like from law school like did anybody show this in law schools there, there's like people say they show this in some law school classes
2: Uh, no, not me personally, but I was talking with my partner about it this morning, my law partner, and he was like, oh yeah, one of his trial classes, they talked about it all the time. Um, and I was checking with another friend of mine who's a a really, uh, an accomplished criminal defense attorney in town, which I am not. And he was like, he was saying like, oh yeah, a bunch of people say like, if you watch any like halfway decent law scene in a movie, you're probably 75% ready to go. Like, really? in a real courtroom. <laughs> I was like, okay, great.
1: That was Vinny's problem. He didn't watch enough uh, trial movies.
2: <laughs> exactly. Gosh, just get well, it that's on a, it,
0: man. That's most of our, like, uh, qu- do you have anything, do you have any broad statements that you want to get to before we ad- just ask you questions?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I did find it to be pretty accurate. I did a little bit of criminal representation really right when I got out of law school. And um, it, it was, it seemed pretty pretty accurate like the especially like you don't always see like an arraignment and then a preliminary hearing yeah they skip and they skip, actually skip <laughs> preliminary hearings are they're they're kind of this like constitutional protection they're, they're not in the constitution but it's like a, a development from that but they're all like that they're all like then all you have to do is sh- is basically the prosecution has to prove that there's enough evidence to go to trial and it's pretty likely that they got the right person. It's a really low mm. bar. And so they're almost like a joke, like nobody ever wins a preliminary hearing on the defense. I actually saw one happen one time and it was very impressive. But, um, but yeah, yeah, for the most part. And then it was just funny too that the arraignment, like that's literally it. It's a 10 minute thing, like guilty, not guilty. Make sure your name is spelled right and you have an attorney. And <laughs> him trying to like go into the argument was really funny. Mm. Yeah. And I I really identify with his uh, like instinct to start just explaining how it's all a misunderstanding. Right. Like Uh there's so many times that I would love to in my like legal situation be like, look, we all just got off to the wrong foot. Let's just, you know, (laughs) figure this out and it's like, nah, you can't do that. (laughs) There's some procedural
1: steps you have to go through before we can get to Beginning to unpack that. So I guess what uh, just going off of the preliminary hearing, what is the difference between that and you always hear about grand jury things, which also seem to be the purpose is to find out if you have enough evidence to go to trial. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference or is it just a different terminology for uh, the same thing?
2: There is a difference. I'm a little fuzzy on what it is, um, <laughs> just because I'm not... I've never done a lot of criminal, but in, in Tennessee, where we are and where I am licensed, it's a whole very many steps and i don't know if you how much you want to go into that but a lot of a lot of like lower level crime starts at a at the lower level court which in tennessee is called general sessions mm-hmm. and then that literally the day you show up well usually the second day almost everybody comes for the first time and they're just like get an attorney come back the first the, so the first like day of something happening uh, if you're not just going to make a deal right away with the da you do a preliminary hearing mm-hmm. and there's strategic things about like oh do you want to get the police officer on record? Do you want to not do that? Like for the most mm-hmm. part, I think most good attorneys pretty much always do a preliminary. The grand jury is another way to. I think I'm I think I'm getting it right, good <laughs> expert. That you the, you can charge people two different ways. You can either charge them by like bringing a police officer in who writes a report and says I saw this happen or I got called to the scene. Or you can like assemble a grand jury and present them with evidence, and they come up with the charging document. Okay. Uh, in Tennessee, as in a lot of states, the grand jury is a real sketchy institution. Like it's the defense and the defense uh, the the defendant and his attorney and or her attorney they don't show up. It, it's all one sided, mm. and there are these like in quotation marks like professional grand jurors. There's like a handful of people who are there all the time. It's not like they do a jury selection. And these people kind of just like have a reputation for rubber stamping anything. The state wants to bring to prosecution.
1: It's like general casting. Just go get Greg and 11 other guys and bring Uh, him in
2: here. But what he says.
1: 23 other guys.
2: What Vinny said to the karate kid is correct. (laughs) He was like, you didn't even ask any questions. And he said like, listen, like this is murder charge in a small town Alabama like you're gonna go to trial mm-hmm, is right. essentially correct like if it's a if it's a, something the states get cares about they're probably gonna go mm. Mm. okay um I had two I had two I really identified a lot with this movie I was like <laughs> oh there's a lot and the two scenes were one was when he was in the hotel room with Marissa Tomei and he was really stressed out and he's like I think yeah. I'm screwing this case up I'm like yeah <laughs> I've been there for sure and I have a trial in immigration court coming up in May, and I'm like, I have lots of time to prepare. I've got a lot of help. I'll be fine. But it's still, it, I wake up in the night thinking like, oh my God, like, yeah, this is coming up and this person's like, life is, it's not, a, it's not like a murder trial where there's, could be an execution or even a jail, yeah. but like, this person's significant life is on the line and it really, I wake up in a cold sweat sometimes and I identified with that and him getting stressed out as his girlfriend, just being like, "Ah, you're not helping me. Like, go away." <laughs> it's like, yeah, but then the other thing is like small town court procedure. It like, it's not even procedure. It's just like kind of rules. Like when he wore the wrong clothes and the judge was like, "I'm gonna put you in contempt." Yeah, I had a pretty similar experience because I was in a county south of here, uh, which is w- much more rural than Nashville and much more like good old boys kind of yeah. atmosphere and uh i was doing a criminal defense case and it's really frustrating because there's not like signs and stuff for the attorneys to say like walk here and sit here mm-hmm. right. if you don't if you don't know what you're doing you have to kind of like look around and see like oh everybody seems to be like sitting on this bench <laughs> that has a briefcase so i'll go sit on that bench and i was i was in court and i was standing up at the podium and all the courtrooms i've been in in tennessee there's you don't just stand up at the desk. Like there's a little podium with a microphone for the attorneys. Mm-hmm. And I was standing there waiting. There's a lot of waiting, especially in that particular court where like you, you kind of meet up and they do like a roll call. And then you go in this back room and wait your turn to talk to the DAs to try and figure out what's going on or make a deal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I was just waiting around and the judge started talking to me about my beard. Cause I have a really long beard. And so I was standing up at the podium and he was like, Oh, you know, it looks whatever. And I'm like, it's always terrible when that kind of person wants to talk about my beard. Like, <laughs> like he was kind he was of joking around or whatever. Like
1: you don't look like you don't look very laurely. He was
2: being pretty cordial about it, but just kind of trying to make conversation. And I mm-hmm. hadn't been in the courtroom before. And then I heard the I heard the clerk talking about my client and it sounded like they were trying to get me a second court date, but I really was supposed to like I was supposed to be resolving it that day and I thought I so I like rushed over there and I walked between the desk where the attorneys sit and the judge's bench and hit the court officer, which is not like a uniformed police officer. It's just a guy in a suit that has a badge Mm -hmm. who, he's the one that says, oh yeah, oh yeah. And he's the one that hands papers back and forth and whatever. He was this guy who was looked like he was retired, just came rushing at me like, you don't walk here. Like, what do you think you're doing? And I was like, uh, what? And, and, um, and then I like was like, I'm really sorry. And then I headed back to where I was and he yelled at me again. And it turns out the judge, it's pr- it's kind of an unwritten rule. Like, you don't walk between the bench and the desk. Uh-huh. Like, that's the judge's area. But there's not a sign there or anything. Right. And I got, like, a real dressing down in front of a lot of people. Wow. Like, from this older guy. And it's kind of like, that's the deal. Like, the judge lets the court officer handle stuff like that. So, he never has to get angry or or, like, right. look out of sorts. Like, mm-hmm. he just lets his bulldog handle that stuff. And I was so furious and confused when i went home that day and i was like i'm never coming back to this county again it's gonna rot like uh, so i identified with him just like it's like if when you're watching the movie you're like obviously dude wear a suit but like man when you're in that situation if no one's ever told you right. don't wear a leather jacket you don't know what to do yeah yeah they don't cover um, that in law school <laughs> no usually not
1: yeah, that was one of our one of the things that comes up. He mentioned, like you know, Marissa Tomei is sort of uh, ragging on him when she gets him out of jail the first time, and <laughs> says, uh, you know, they don't cover this in law school. Uh, and he says, no, it's just about like the actual law, not these like procedural things.
2: Oh, it's is procedural that stuff. Accurate? Is, oh, it's such a headache. Like, and there's there's the stuff that people like lawyers re- refer to as procedure, which is like oh, you file this form, like procedure is things like there's a preliminary hearing and here's the kind of questions you can ask. Mm -hmm. And I remember I went to a six hour long training at the local court here on like how to take appointed criminal defense cases. And they did, they went into all this stuff about all this alternative sentencing and here's how drug court works and here's how veterans court works. And I was like, I've never set foot in this building before. I didn't intern here. I need to know who the clerk is. There's like six people sitting by the judge. I don't know which one of them is the clerk. I don't know what what the room numbers are. I don't know how to like where I sit. I don't know when I talk to somebody. I don't know if I could just say hey to the DA who was my classmate or if I have to wait. Like that kind of procedure stuff will drive you crazy. Mm. And it's so stressful. It doesn't leave you time to think about like oh, I think this was an illegal stop. This is a Fourth Amendment violation. <laughs> right, you're right. Uh-huh. I'm like I can't even find the bathroom. That's right. procedure. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, I got you. That sounds
0: stressful. That, a lot of that is, yeah, is particular to both the what court you're in and the judge, right? Like there, there's some of that, oh, that yeah. they can decide.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a, There's a lot of local court rules, and some of them are published. Like the Tennessee Supreme Court has a list of like court rules and, like, how to file whatever. But then, like, the local, like, every individual district will have some rules. And then, yes, even judges will have specific procedures for their room mm-hmm. that they, they're, they like, you know. Um, when I For instance, when I was getting appointed cases when I was first starting out, like, some of the judges, you would just go to their office and talk to their assistant and say, like, hey, here's my card. I want to take cases. But one of the judges—I um, don't know if she still does it—but the judge that used to, at least, used to run the domestic violence docket. You just showed up at seven forty-five and literally got in line, mm. and she'd be like, "Next, okay, here's your case. Next, okay, here's your case." Like there was none of this. Like, "Here I am. Here's my card. I'm a cool guy. Like, can I buy you coffee? Because you're an assistant."
0: Yeah, <laughs> right.
2: So there was not no
0: schmoozing. <laughs> yeah. Is there like so when you take the the bar? that's for the state, right? Is it, or is it like, yes,
2: correct. So per, if, per state,
0: if your cousin got arrested in Alabama and called you there, would there be anything you could do?
2: You know, that's so funny. Cause that was the first note that I took. Daniel son asks, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Ralph Macchio asks his friends. Like, can you, he asks his friend, can you use any attorney when he's on the phone with his mom? And his friend's like, yeah, any attorney. And I wrote, no, you cannot use any attorney. And then, and then there's the scene where the judge is interviewing him to see, like, am I going to let you practice here? And there is there is some – generally speaking, you have to be licensed in a state. And what that means still confuses me because my firm, we work on contracts and business formation and stuff outside of state and negotiating. But but one thing I'm sure it means is whether or not you can appear in court in the state right. where you're licensed. But there is a way to get – either like a temporary license or you can associate with a local attorney. Mm. But they kind of handled it um, with that scene when the judge was interviewing him. They didn't like explicitly explain every piece. Right. But I was like, oh man, every time I came up with a like, I don't think they do that. That's not real. (laughs) Like the the movie explained it. Or I would check with a friend and they'd be like, yeah, people do that all the time. So is he,
1: is that counting with the, when the judge sort of gives him a quick interview, is that counting as a, associating with an attorney in the in the area or is that uh it's probably the, the other licensing? thing
2: which uh, i should know the term for oh pro hoc vice. there you go you get a pro hoc vice, like a, a temporary permission to practice okay but if you're smart you should probably associate with with a local attorney too okay not only because the laws yeah. of new york and alabama i assure you are vastly different in a lot of ways but also he would probably or she in Alabama where they would know like all the local procedures. Yeah. Maybe have a and suit for you to know. borrow too. Yeah. yeah and you wouldn't and have they... to get
1: that book from judge Haller that you have to go over. Yeah.
2: yeah, And yeah, they would be like, Hey, he hates leather jackets. Don't wear one. Right.
0: If they like, so if you if your cousin call, called you, you could do that. You could, would you, w- is that normal to have like that preliminary meeting? Because is that just because it's a small town? niece from out of town. And he's like, who the fuck is this guy? I, would yeah, like I was getting the him. vibe
1: that it was because he was an out of state lawyer, but
2: probably. I'm sure. I'm sure that it's a more formal and less personal right. thing. Generally, you you get up on the website and it'll say like what to do. Or even in 1991, you'd call the clerk's office and they'd say, "Here's how you apply for pro hac vice." Mm. It's unlikely that it would require a personal interview with a judge, but that was pretty fun. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. They, they made the right call
0: for the movie i think <laughs>
2: probably I, I don't i don't feel like they did a lot just for the sake of a good story like they do right. a lot of times in movies they did yeah. a lot of stuff where they're like well we're not gonna spend hours filling out paperwork or something right. dumb but they right. kind of addressed everything that i recognized along the way
0: well the story is uh i guess jonathan lynn the director was a lawyer at some point and so oh. it oh, was important to him this is from IMDb, so everybody, grain of salt. Yeah, but
1: put a big asterisk next to it. Asterisk.
0: <laughs> Just every time. Every time. Have like every a time. Twenty-minute conversation.
2: Do a do a supercut of me saying asterisk. <laughs> I I did think it was funny that he at the end and they're having the conversation. They're like, Vinny and Miss Vito, whose last name I don't first name I don't remember was like Mona Lisa, Lisa
1: Vito. Mona Lisa. That's
2: right. <laughs> Lisa.
1: Colloquially Lisa, but technically uh, Mona Lisa Vito.
2: And he said something about like, oh, I really wanted to win a case on my own for the first time. And that was one thing where I was like, nobody ever wins right. a case on their first time without help. Like for better or for worse, lawyering is is such a like pass it on thing. Mm. Like I, I haven't done anything where somebody didn't give me a bunch of paperwork or talk me <laughs> through it or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: well, it's funny, like even the, the prosecutor, the prosecutor is like kind of helping him like, yeah, just being like, Hey, like you seem like a nice guy. I was, you know, he's clearly less experienced, you know what I mean? Like, even though he in, ends up losing the case to him, like, cause they're just doing, they're doing their job. This is something we yeah. were talking about before you came in. It was just like, it, it kind of was refreshing that they didn't make him a cartoonishly evil guy. You know,
2: I liked that a lot. Yeah, um, because yeah, I, I, there are, yeah, there are people out there um, who are just bastards, and I yeah. haven't, yeah. I haven't interacted with a lot of them on, on the government side of either criminal prosecution or immigration prosecution. Like the people I've dealt with have always been very cordial and pretty and very professional. <laughs> with the exception of that county to the south of us, those <laughs> the guy was certainly polite, but he would he just wasn't going to deal and he was like well th- they did the thing and i'm like this is this is not how criminal negotiation works anyway but for the well, most part everybody i dealt we're with were very polite yeah. and bastards. oh yeah <laughs> exactly fuck you and bless your heart um, <laughs> but yeah every, and that, that i liked that a lot and i thought it was very rang very true and also kind of like the when he was presented with the extra evidence at the end and he dismissed the case Like that rang tree too. Like prosecutors don't stick stuff to trial that they don't think can win. They don't, they're not just going to try to stick it to everybody. Mm -hmm. And so that was like, okay, like he's a professional. It is a, it is a weird thing about being a lawyer that you have to learn how to like, especially if you're something like a criminal defense attorney where you're in the same courtyard house every day, Mm. five days a week. Like you're just, you can really stick it to a judge or really stick it to a prosecutor, but like you have to work with them on Monday right like, so there does tend to be a lot of cordiality and a lot of like you better do a good job but if you show up and you're prepared and you do your job well people will respect you even if that means they lose on their end of the case right right i like that a lot
0: yeah this is also where i learned about discovery like this is the first uh-huh. time i'd ever heard of that it seems crazy when you think about like tv shows because they're always calling surprise witnesses and like at least in the shitty tv shows i grew up watching you'd be like uh aha mrs havisham shows yeah. up
1: well From to quote lionel hutz uh, surprise witnesses are a form of evidence <laughs> I, have, I have hearsay and conjecture which are types of evidence <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I did that was the one thing that i thought was a little lacking is when the prosecution brought in the expert witness without giving him a chance to prepare for that and the judge was like oh that was a well thought out and also, you know, overruled. objection did not yeah. overruled and didn't say why, right? Yeah, I thought and that I was actually, the
1: one time when the judge almost tipped into uh, villainy, <laughs> uh-huh. where it just he seemed like he was being a dick for the sake of uh, being a dick.
2: I brought that one up to my law partner when we were talking about it today, and he was like, "Yeah, that seems pretty accurate." He's like, "That's just like small town; we all know each other, judging." And mm-hmm. I'm like, "That yeah. that does happen, like, and especially in something like." An objection is firmly in the discretion of the judge. I mean, you could potentially, like, try to appeal on it later on one thing, but that would be pretty tough. Right. Yeah, I I was talking to my buddy about, uh, that's the criminal defense attorney, about discovery – because when, they, when he first brought up, when Vinny first said, like, oh, I wish I could get all his stuff, I'm, like, basically screaming on the couch, like, you can. <laughs> and then Marissa May was like, you can. You can. And I'm like, yeah, oh, my he God. He has to. Yeah. But I was talking to my friend about it. And I'm like, can, they, can you interview witnesses? And he said that witnesses decide whether or not they'll talk to the prosecution or the defense. Mm. Oh, interesting. For, ahead of time. And they can decline. And then you can subpoena them. And then it's yeah. they have to show up to court or be arrested, but you may or may not have the the pre time to the discuss chance with to them. know what
1: they're gonna to, to hmm. question them beforehand.
2: Yeah, and I was like, oh, I guess it's pretty even then. And he was like, nope, because the law enforcement agencies can just send sheriffs or police officers around to go try to get that person, but the defense has to hire investigators yeah. because you don't want to really be. If you're the attorney and you've like hounded this person and then you have to get them to work with you on the stand, you don't want to do that. So you want the separation. So you hire an investigator and then he was like, oh yeah, like, but for indigent clients, you have to write um, an affidavit and a motion for each witness to get the funding from the court to have the investigator like $5,000 to get this person to go around and talk to the. Jeez. So it is actually a little bit pro-prosecution. Right. Right. On that end of things. It's not like, sure, everybody can like decline to talk to either side, but like the DA's office can just call the police department and say, like, can you guys try to round this up, this guy up, and see if he'll come talk to us? And like, yeah. The defense has to kind of put it together.
1: The interest about disclosure, because in this movie, you know, Vinny doesn't know about it. And then he, you know, goes on that hunting trip with uh, Lane Smith <laughs> and uh, says, oh, I wish I could get a look at your files. And it was like he said a magic word. Is it. Yeah. Do you have to ask for them, or is it just like, because it's the law, he has to, if you ask for them, or is it, I just need to provide you with my like, files If from you're the, a cop, you have go. to
0: tell me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, well, first of all, no, that That is a, a myth, cop. I have learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> An undercover cop does not have to tell you that you That's a ridiculous. Cop. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's a procedural thing, so you definitely have like, some constitutional rights to build your case, and that includes access to all the files and the lists of witnesses and that's also stuff that's built into procedural law like Mm -hmm. the the book that he get that the judge gives vinny is like alabama code of criminal procedure like every state has that yeah and it'll say things and and there's also a code of civil procedure and so it'll say stuff like oh you have you know 30 days to respond to this and you have to write you know move for that or whatever Uh, but i don't know if if the da's office just has to Provided out. I do outline, know that or- because I did that on a couple of the cases that I did. I had to do it, and I just um, emailed. I did write a formal request, and I think emailed it to the the assistant DA I was working with against, and they sent me a huge packet of mm. stuff.
1: Uh, so it is um, a matter of asking.
2: Yeah, but but they do have to give it to you, and I don't, and nobody like. I I'm, I really don't think there's a lot of gotcha stuff. Right. In much in much of the law, at, at, once you get to court, like before that there can be sometimes, but Yeah. Um
0: is it normal for the like the the sheriff was like sitting at the prosecutor's table the whole time the prosecution? Is that like that seems
2: I have not weird. seen that before. That could be like a small town thing. Right. Because usually they just so police officers are not part of the prosecution. They right. get called as witnesses, which they thought they did with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're not usually like sitting at the table as as part of the yeah. thing. Although like the state, um, the state which includes anything in the state government, they do prosecute K- the case sort of as a – Right, right. Um, the, the DA's office I'm part of, which a lot of people don't know and, and they get into upsetting situations about because they'll be like, I don't want to press charges anymore. But the victim doesn't decide. The state decides whether or not to press charges, right? But yeah, yeah, that's that is weird that the sheriff would be sitting there for the whole trial. Yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. Good hair though, so maybe yeah. they just...
1: Oh yeah, he's got that Ron Swanson mustache. He's got that uh-huh. that thick head of hair.
2: Those guys all seem very likable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I only
0: have I only have one more law question. Do you have do you have more, Damon?
1: Uh, I only really have one more, and it's more of a jail question. But yeah,
0: have you ever said? I got no more use for this guy <laughs> after questioning a witness.
2: No. And it was, that was an interesting, and I'm done with that guy when he kept, when he kept being Vinny, even though he did like put on a suit and like clean up his language a little bit. I don't, I think that is very judge dependent, right? Like some judges will be like, okay. Like, yeah. And some judges would be like, if you say that one more time, right. you're going to go to jail. Fred Gwynn seems like he'd
1: be a, uh, if you say that one more time, i will to you to prison again.
2: And that contempt of court stuff is real. Like if you, if a judge says like, you're like, I told you not to do this and they you do it anyway. And the judge's like, I'm going to hold you in contempt. They'll do it. And it can be like two days, two weeks in jail. Like they can kind of set that.
1: Is that just dependent on how mad the judge is or is it, how does that work?
2: I don't know if there's if there's like a set limits on that, if yeah. there's like a law that says it can only be up to 48 hours or whatever. Right. Is
1: it a fine or jail or is it definitely you're spending the night in jail at least?
2: I think, I don't know that either. That, can, I think that is somewhat discretionary. Mm-hmm. And then there's a separate potential thing is that you can get called before the disciplinary board of the um, board of professional responsibility and they can find you or censure you or temporarily suspend your license mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay.
1: Uh, my other question was, and this, I don't know if this is uh, in your wheelhouse, but, it, so one of the plot points in this is that the jail has been condemned in Beacham County, and so that's why Stan and daniel are sent to uh, the state pen as people waiting on their trial. Would that be what happens? It feels very, um, it felt like a story trick so that they could have this. Norton execution hang over yeah. their heads, yeah. um, but I didn't know if that would be actually what would happen. If the if the prison is close enough, we would do that, or would they send him to another county jail, or what would they do?
2: I'm not sure on that one either. I thought that was a long um, shot myself, but <laughs> just thought yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think it's it's not uncommon for um, correctional institutions, if they're like the county jail or prison or whatever, to lend out space. Mm. Um, yeah. To each other, or like because it looked like they had their own wing. The courtesy, and they yeah, were also alone
1: the- on the basketball court, where everyone else was in in their you know playing together. They got their own space, like the prison was keeping them separate from everyone else.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure, uh, and that 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 rang true. Okay, um, I think that's not inconceivable at all. Or or I think, like you said, using a low, another county's um jail. But the, you know, if you're like a small town. A small county with not a lot of budget, like busing those guys back and forth every day for a trial would be a pain. So if there's a close prison, that makes sense. Keep them in the sheriff's jail. I was also watching this. Or like
1: a dog kennel. (laughs) If there's a nearby dog kennel, you can do that.
2: Yeah. I also found, I guess, unasked for non-lawyer opinion, but I watched (laughs) most of this movie with my girlfriend who's from Alabama. And I've played a lot in Alabama because I was in a wedding band that was based out of there. And all they're like driving through Alabama scenes seemed right on point. Oh,
1: really? Because that, <laughs> yeah. that was a question of like, are they over-southing <laughs> this or is this I accurate? <laughs> so.
2: I mean, stuff like dirt for sale. I haven't seen that, but like little like cruddy looking roadside barbecue places that are probably amazing and like right. the pine woods and stuff. I was like, this definitely looks like I mean, Alabama. I've definitely <laughs> bought
1: dirt um, as a homeowner who guards. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I need dirt, please. <laughs>
0: all right most most importantly you get to be the judge for once uh caleb what is your okay on my cousin vinny uh
2: your inner child is not an idiot oh i thought this was a fantastic movie and order order people are getting a
0: little out of hand
2: (laughs) Uh, they're hugging each other and crying (laughs) i agree with some of dame's insinuations earlier that like there's so many places where they could have really cartooned it up or really like, I expected the judge to just be uh, a complete caricature. I expected Vinny to be a caricature. And I thought it was like actually really kind of touchingly true to, to a lot of experiences that could have happened. And like the prosecution and the law enforcement weren't just like villains. Like they seemed kind of reasonable. Like they did confess to the crime.
1: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I shot the clerk. And then yeah. it repeated, I shot
2: the clerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought it was great. I'm, I was glad for the opportunity to see it. Well, good.
0: Thank We're you so much for, for, for joining us. Yeah, thank it's you very much. It's my
2: absolute pleasure. It's my favorite podcast. Aww. That's why I support it on Patreon. Thank, thank you. It's honor the mayor. Thank you.
0: you blessed <laughs> us once again. <laughs> no, um, let's talk
1: shit about him. That was great. That um, no, was great. Still too, recording, so... But you wouldn't know where to put it.
0: Um, okay, so we were we were talking about the court scene.
1: We just uh, started talking about we had just finished talking about Lane Smith. So if you wanted to move on to Gwen or we can talk yeah. about his witnesses, but we sort of talked about them too.
0: Yeah, I think. I mean, let's talk about the
1: judge. I mean, he is a he is a favorite of this movie. Uh, we quoted him at the beginning. To what? To what? Um, Herman Munster, of course. Fred Gwynn. Yes. I read a little bit about him because I wasn't that familiar. I knew he was in the Munsters. And Car 54, Where Are You? Which I've never seen Car 54, Where Are You? But I've no seen minute. The Munsters. Uh, it sounds like he, um, career-wise, it stalled out after The Munsters because everyone saw him as Herman Munster. Right. And he couldn't get work after that. Everyone wanted to uh, sort of either cast him as like a heavy or a scary guy or something like that, and he just didn't want to do that. Um and so this is his, also his final movie. He died shortly after yeah. this, I think the following year, uh, from pancreatic cancer. But he's so fucking charming in this movie. Um, he's a lot more grumpy in it than I remember. I think I remember yeah. as a kid, like, he eventually warms up to Vinny, and he does, like, right. literally in the last scene, warms up to Vinny. Yeah. But he is very anti-Vinny, staunchly, yes. before uh, before that moment.
0: Yeah, he. but he gets a lot of... Um... He is basically the reaction, right? To like, yeah, Vinnie's he's the antics. audience reaction shots. So you see him like getting mad. He's like, "What is this bullshit?" And then, but it's good. It's it is pretty. It is pretty grumpy. But I, I do find it charming too. Like it's like this seems, without being too caricature or too villainous, as we as we as we've touched on, it does feel like earned. You know what I mean? His ire feels a little earned because this is this like even some, I know what an
1: arraignment is. Yeah, like, some
0: some city slicker you know you probably think you're hot shit you think mm-hmm. we're idiots that's what he's like basically his first speech is like i assure you the law and the rules are real here you probably think we're a bunch of you know yeah hicks but this real i can kind of understand that chip on on the shoulder too because yeah. like he sees him rolling in in his leather jacket and his
1: boots and his you know attitude and, and- his his very young girlfriend yeah with her skunk streak He also has that very... um, He has a deep voice, and then he has this southern accent for the character, of course, which is a very low and uh, melodious southern accent. And that uh, jacket better be made out of some sort of cloth. Uh, It's (laughs) a very, very great southern accent. The only thing I will push back on, uh, and probably one of my more minor... uh, One of my bigger uh, complaints about this movie. I don't really like the through-line of this uh, Jerry Gallo, Jerry Callow thing.
0: The defrauding of the court?
1: That's right. Yeah. Um Where, you know, uh, Joe Pesci is very self-conscious about his uh, lack of experience in a trial, and while he's trying to get a temporary license to to uh, to practice in Alabama, he, he fudges his experience by 16 years and says... <laughs> you know uh that he'd done a lot of murder trials before he says 16 years <laughs> instead uh, of
0: six months
1: <laughs> six weeks six he had weeks. just gotten his That's license right. six weeks ago he had done an axe murder trial he defended the guy who was initially accused of being son of sam uh so the, those are two of the the cited uh that was my favorite lie he was like experience. well no
0: not that guy the guy the first guy they got <laughs> It wasn't him. Uh, I got him.
1: The man who got instructions to kill from a dog. And it, it sort of becomes this almost sitcomish joke throughout the thing that then, uh, of course, the judge looks him up, probably spurred on by Vince, Vince Vinnie's uh, uh, obvious, like, bad- Too
0: muchery in the court. Too
1: muchery in the court. <laughs> oye, oye. Um har ye. Har ye. Too muchery in this court. There too much apple chancery happened in the court. <laughs> and he looks into him and he's like, "I didn't find any uh, evidence of a Gambini uh, practicing in New York State courts." And uh, Gambini says, "Well, you wouldn't find any exp- uh, evidence of of Vincent Gambini practicing in the courts." And he's like, that's what I just said. Um, and then he pretends his name is Jerry Gallo. Which I guess is a big attorney in in New York. Uh, just a according name to he this like, movie, came right. up with, and then he realizes court. the reason he came up with is he just saw that he had died in the paper last week. He saw the headlines about him last week, and then and when he gets called out on that, uh, he says his name is Jerry Callow, and that's when we find out at the end of the movie that Marissa Tomei called up. Uh, Vince's his old mentor, his old mentor, um, to lie for him to the Alabama state courts that he that Jerry Callow is a very esteemed and uh, well regarded lawyer in New York State. But it yeah. adds this sitcomy like zaniness to the end yeah. of the movie, or well, actually throughout the movie, it does create the ticking time bomb of the movie where
0: uh, he's got to leave, and
1: he's got to yeah. leave before the judge finds out. That uh, he's not who he says he is, um, but I don't know. It just after treating after I don't know. It feels like kind of dickish. It definitely feels dickish. It's probably my one sour note with this with this plot is like after like treating the court very like with with respect. The plot at least and the script does. It seems like it just sort of uh, sticks the shiv in right at the end.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. And it is like. Also the the idea that he would just like be fine because he left. You know what I mean like right. they wouldn't validate. Well, the got on. Bye. Yeah, it's like they may re-arrest your cousin because this whole, you know what I mean, cuz the trial
1: was a sham and you don't have a license to practice law yeah. here.
0: I guess they wouldn't cuz they dismissed the charges, but I I don't know how that works. But Yeah. Anyway, I I agree with you, but it didn't it didn't bother me I don't think that much. Just because it's like, it's kind of silly, but it's not.
1: No, I mean, and it's not so much time in the plot. It's just this thing that keeps recurring throughout. I'm like, all right, this, let's get on with it. Yeah. And even in those scenes, Vinny doesn't even seem like himself. Like he turns into sort of this really flustered character that we've never seen him as before. It's just odd to me. Although, I mean... I'm gonna even push back up on myself. I do like seeing Vince. His whole demeanor changes with when he's alone with the judge. Yeah. Like he sort of turns into a kid being called to the principal's office. It's very charming. Yeah. Like when he, when the when they first meet and he has his feet up on the desk and the judge comes in and says, uh, "Very, you're dressed very informally. No, uh, no shirt or tie." And uh, Joe Pesci does this thing where he sort of dusts off the sweatshirt he is wearing and then puts his hand in front of his crotch, puts his hands behind his back, then puts his hands in front of his crotch again, then tries to put them in his pockets, then. Put Puts him in front of his crotch again, <laughs> which is very like kid in trouble, kid who got caught yeah. laughing in church or something. And then, he um, like, so, the second so time he like, like that.
0: spills his whole chest set. When, when yeah, that scene. Now,
1: I think that just that action itself, maybe because I'd be like, oh, the he was in the middle of a game, right? Uh, it just uh, it's a little too hijinksy for me, yeah, yeah, in a movie that's not really hijinksy,
0: yeah. The, I I didn't mind. I kind of like the the spilling of it. it it's
1: not it's not it. a big thing. I got to find something here.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about uh Marissa's star turn like the we kind of already touched on. Oh, ah, it's such thing, a
1: charming but... scene. The whole thing is great. Um it's contrived as all hell, of course. Yeah. He calls um, he calls
0: Mo- Mona Lisa Vito as uh, an expert witness to rebut the uh, car expert mm-hmm. from the FBI that the prosecution calls. She
1: gets voir-deered by Lane Smith. Yeah.
0: Which is very good. She, her Chris, you know, for, and she doesn't want to. She's mad at Vinny, so at first she doesn't want to do anything. And so he's like, uh, "How do I know you're not qualified?" She's like, "I'm not," and tries to leave. And like, <laughs> Sit the fuck down. Which I like that. Like she doesn't want to do it, but then she starts to get bristle at the fact that he. You know thinks she's just a just a little girl who doesn't know anything about cars and she's like, "Right, well, every single person I've ever known is a mechanic and I've worked in a mechanic shop. You know,
1: like And the and, question you just asked me is a trick question you're bullshitting me. Yeah. Although I got the feeling that Lane Smith also didn't know was a he trick question. didn't actually know the answer, yeah.
0: is the vibe I got. Yeah. Yeah.
1: She's fantastic. And and it also creates a little bit of tension because what Vinny does is he lays out his defense again. The defense has argued that another identical mint green Buick Skylark. Arrived at the sack of suds, and those people killed the clerk after Ralph Macchio and and uh, Stan Rothenstein left. And he's like, "Does the defense's case hold water?" And he like shows her a picture that she took with her cute little pink camera. Yeah, don't infantilize a woman's camera. Don't do it. It's rude. <laughs> and she she goes, no. The defense is wrong. And you see uh, (laughs) Ralph Macchio and uh, Stan get very deflated. And uh, it's a very good Are you sure? I am positive. (laughs) Uh, I would love to hear this. (laughs) That is a really great, like their repartee and their like sort of semi-sexy, like arguing, like comes back into play at that end last scene. And it's very charming. It's beyond belief. It's an overdose of charm. It's great. It's a great... Thing, Give her the fucking Oscar. Stop being an asshole, Jason.
0: Vanessa Redgrave just turning she's over She's got her
1: plenty of Oscars. She's still alive. On- tappa, 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 tappa. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa Redgrave, I think, actually died recently.
0: She's turning over in her Redgrave.
1: Oh, uh, she's alive. I think it's Lynn Redgrave that's dead, her sister.
0: Look, Let's don't say- have famous siblings if you don't want us to not know who's if- <laughs> dead.
1: Yes, Lynn died in 2010, but Vanessa, also known as the narrator of "Call the Midwife," um, oh. she is alive, and her children are Natasha Richardson, Jolie Richardson, and Carlo Gabriel Nero. So, okay, fucking good to know. Deal with that.
0: It's great. Charming it really is scene. great. It is. It is up there with Jack Nicholson on the tri- on As uh, for great courtroom scenes, opposite
1: ends of the spectrum, but yes. <laughs> A um, man feel like... justifying killing a soldier <laughs> under his watch <laughs> and Marissa Tomei declaring that the Buick Scholar could never be confused for a cor- Corvette.
0: <laughs> I feel like we've covered it. You they the were. It's a fact.
1: Oh, it's a fact. Oh, wait, I just want to get this one Fred Gwynn line. I'm not mm. about to revamp the entire judicial system just because you find yourself in the unique position of having clients that say they didn't do it. <laughs> Already very over Vinny's shtick. Once again, the communication has broken down. He was he was just one step away from being well, well, well. What do we have here? Yeah. All right, yeah, we can go to the verdict. DJ! Oh, yes. What would you, uh, what what was your takeaway, uh, verdict-wise, on this? Ooh, verdict! Did you know that's a legal term? I did. um, It comes from the word, uh, comes from the English, old English.
0: Now, you've seen uh, the the arguments presented to you. You've seen the positives. You've heard, uh, you've seen nothing, actually. You've heard the positives. You've you've heard the negatives. Mm Mm-hmm uh you've you've heard us uh, talk about it's not good to make fun of stuttering you've heard us uh you say it's not good to infantilize someone's cute little pink camera uh, but you've also heard us extol the virtues of uh, of marissa tome's performance of, <laughs> of lane smith's performance of uh herman Munster's performance <laughs> and, and, he and uh if he heard you said that he and would I haunt you <laughs> I think that we can all... And this might be a surprise to you that I yeah. feel this way.
1: I mean, the tension's building because I just don't know where this is going. What You're your inner child is, is
0: definitely uh-huh. Uh-huh. not an idiot.
1: This movie's great.
0: This movie's great. I was right. I've seen it enough times that I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't in a highly doubtful position because I've seen this recently enough that I knew it was at least... Passably good, if not like as good as I remembered, you know what I mean? Um, but but it's it's great. It's got I got minor quab like, you know, things with it, quibbles. quibbles
1: quabbles. Quabbles. Which squabbles. are larger quibbles.
0: Yeah. But I I think it's great. I have no doubt about that. It's very solidly in the good camp. I would watch it again. I thought it was funny. I pick up little things that I miss every time. You know, like you pick up new things. I think some of my favorite moments are the little moments like there's a the little comedic <laughs> you know it's things. The little things well just like the little like you mentioned you know his him like uh adjusting his clothes or or like <laughs> it's little stuff like that just little little bits are very good um marissa tome i was paying a special special attention to her this time because she has a lot of good like just little one-liner kind of things like mm-hmm. oh you're a smooth talker you are like <laughs> it's very uh it's very charming damon xanthopoulos care to redirect
1: uh, you're gonna hear a lot of terms in this verdict, uh, voir dire, uh, jure, uh, Jura. You know, expeditiously, um, but I'm just talking, I'm just a small country lawyer, uh, Tiny little, little guy. <laughs> I'm just, I just stand three foot two, uh, and I'm small, this, from the smallest county you can imagine, it fits on the head of a pin, um, <laughs> just a little hoo from whoville <laughs> Horton heard me, and I did a trial in his ear. I did a trial in his did ear. A
0: trial in his ear.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said, I said, Mister Gulliver, you cannot come in here stomping like this. This is private property. This is Lilliput. We have laws here, <laughs> Lilliputian. The the rules of Lilliputian civil practice, yeah, it fell apart at the end. Anyway, uh, I agree. This your inner child is not an idiot. This is very charming, winning, as both. Old people and my friend Bethany would say it's a winning movie. <laughs> it's very funny. Like, laugh out loud, funny. If that was, if this was a VHS of my cousin Vinny, that would be my pull quote that'd be on the top. Laugh out loud, dot, 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 funny. It's, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's apparently very accurate, as as Caleb was telling us. And just everyone is doing a great job in it. Everyone is uh, creating characters that, uh, you remember and you're charmed over by. I love that there's no like overt villainy. It's just like talking about a trial process and the incompetency of small town uh, policing. <laughs> uh, Which? <laughs> don't say incompetency, just incompetence.
0: Mm.
1: I am incompetent at talking. I mean, Tomei is charming. I think she, she uh, they give her a lot of uh, things to sink her teeth into, and she does it with a plumb. Um, Lane Smith, as we talked about, I think, I think what I like about this is there's a lot of smaller actors like just really coming into their own and like given when given a meaty part, they all like really excel at it. But I feel like almost everything in this movie is great. There's rarely anything that I would really cut out. This is a really fucking funny movie. Go watch it. It's on HBO Max. Thanks.
0: What do you think, everybody? Email us, idiot at gmail.com. You can call us, leave us a voicemail, or text us at 615-576-0525. You can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, you can also find us on patreon patreon.com/child's Idiot. want to thank our current patrons, including the Hands of Fate.
1: Dan McIntyre.
0: Jonathan Day.
1: Jackson has an unhealthy obsession with Damon.
0: The elusive fan Gromkin.
1: Shit on the cartouche.
0: Kevin from Cleveland. <laughs> Josh Frigo dramatically placed hot dog.
1: Uh Travis Vance, this uh, is
0: on the mayor. Yeah, thank you for your uh, your ex- legal expertise.
1: Um, no, no. I'm grabbing this both sides of my uh seersucker yeah. lapels. You can not tell but I'm I'm tamping my pipe. <laughs> is that a thing you do? Maybe uh but tobacco is king. So I mean, you just might have a cigarette. Although you can have tobacco in a pipe. I don't know why I'm pushing back <laughs> on it. Beth Sermont and David Mort. The supreme ruler of this podcast. Uh,
0: just cause...
1: Uh, scaphosaurus, uh come to the bench.
0: Dr. Malcolm's even Bosom, uh, I believe uh, we need to
1: have a repartee. Wait, were you trying to do Jeff Goldblum stammering while also uh, doing the southern accent, keeping the lawyer southern accent? Yes. Well done. Uh, 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 uh Captain Jean-Luc Picard! <laughs> Go ahead. I want you to keep a southern accent while also doing an Australian accent. If you do a southern Australian accent, extra points.
0: Demon's Australian accent. Flawless.
1: T. Smith.
0: Karen Curd.
1: No, I say, I say, I say. Lindsay Nail.
0: The Zesty. Jeremy Powell. Larissa Maestro. Heather Douglas particle man thank you all very very much and i apologize for all that just happened they didn't pay for uh, their names to be said Uh, we really appreciate your support um if you want to support like them patreon.com slash and have your name butchered in the credits (laughs) (laughs) Uh, butchered (sighs) like this young man who was killed in the street
1: Wait, this young is he? Is the man who was butchered in the street in the courtroom? Is are you addressing him? Just I'm, no, I'm just gesturing generally to the east, which is where the sack of suds is.
0: We all know it's it's down there off of Route Four. So you use the word "this" to
1: describe someone who's not present and is far away. Look, this is a colloquial <laughs> term. I can use it in a lot this, of different ways. This is a colloquial term. What this, a claim! This
0: here courtroom. Now that will be an
1: accurate use of the word this. That here, uh, judge. (laughs) (laughs) That here, that is, just those two words alone is a great pairing. (laughs) That here, judge.
0: All right, goodbye.